You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. If you're an English language learner, have a keen interest in language, or you're a teacher, then this podcast is for you. We give tips and advice and discuss topics about learning and teaching. We hope you find it fun and informative that it gives you help and encouragement in your journey with the English language. Hello there, welcome to English with Monty. We're on to episode 13 now, and I have Gideon back with me, and I'm very pleased to have Gideon with me today because I think he's a very knowledgeable person when it comes to grammar. He's not really a great speller. So welcome back, Gideon. You've hit the nail on the head, actually. Yeah, I made a confession on my podcast, Zeitgeist Banana. I'll already give it a, a plug. And I did confess I'm a pretty bad speller. But grammar, I'm okay. Grammar, I would say you're good. For me, I think you're very good at explaining things well. So that's why I'm happy to have you on the show. Because this is a pretty special one as well. Mm. It's a common mm. one. Yeah. It's to do with the word that I don't think I can pronounce properly, gerunds and infinitives. I think some people say gerund, some people say gerund. Or they some people just say ing word. The ing word. Anyway, we're going to have a look at gerunds and infinitives. And okay. I think they're quite tricky because for a lot of people, it's not always clear why we use them. Should we start off with prepositions, first of all? Because I think that's a good starting point, isn't it, with ing verbs? Yes, I think you mean that after a preposition, most of the time it's a gerund, almost always. Yeah, I think that's one exception, actually. Are there exceptions? Yeah. Well, let's just think of a few examples of when it's true. I'm interested in doing this tomorrow. I'm interested yeah. in going to the museum. I'm very good at remembering how to spell people's names. Very good. Yeah. I'm thinking of buying a new something. A television or a Ferrari. Exactly. You've given up drinking coffee. Exactly. So after a preposition, if you can remember one rule, remember that after the preposition, if the verb comes, it's in the ing form. And I can only think of one exception to that, except for two, because two can be either an infinitive or a preposition. So you have to be careful with two, don't you? So I'm looking forward to seeing you. That's a preposition two. And I want to do this. That's an infinitive two. That marks two different things, the two. So you have to be careful with that. But otherwise, after a preposition, put the verb in ing. I think that's a very good example, though, because as you say, on occasions, you do have two as a preposition rather than as the infinitive, don't you? So it's just making sure you keep an eye on that. And that's a good example. I look forward to hearing from you. That's a very common one, isn't it? Yeah. The only exception I could think of, there are probably more, maybe some of your listeners can think of some other exceptions, but the only one I could think of just before we started recording was go on, which has two ways of saying it as a phrasal verb. Go on can mean continuing, where you do put the ing. He started talking about his job and he went on speaking about it for one hour, which to continue. And the other one is, though, is to change the subject. And then it's go on plus infinitive. I was talking about my job and I went on to talk about my holiday. So then when it's changed in the subject, it's the infinitive. 
I think that's another good example as well. Yeah. Well, there aren't really too many exceptions, are there? I think those are are nice examples for people to focus on. Because also we're talking about something like give up and we talked about phrasal verbs. So I guess a phrasal verb we spoke about in a previous episode is a verb that has a preposition with it, but it changes the meaning of the verb. So for example, get. So get is often things like take or become or reach. Whereas if you say get up, that's like when you're in waking up in the morning. And also, I suppose you would use the ing form as the subject of a sentence, wouldn't you? So you'd say eating out is a delight in uh, yeah. in London, can be. <laughs> use the wrong time of year to say that as we're all in lockdown and can't that's, eat out. That's very true. For better times, which will hopefully be coming soon. Yes, so, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, it's a good example. Yeah. So mm. it's a subject you can start a sentence with ing. And then also as well, I guess you've got it after some verbs, haven't you? Some common verbs would use the ing form. So I don't mind paying for your coffee because I'm a very generous man. Don't mind would be an example of that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And some follow with ing, some follow with infinitive, some there are both possibilities where the meaning doesn't change and some when that can be followed either by ing or either by infinitive but there's a different meaning if you yeah. choose one rather than the other isn't that that's so isn't it so that does make it a bit more complex doesn't it i mean if you have an example like begin or prefer for example you could use both of them with the ing form or the infinitive form and it wouldn't really change the meaning whereas if you yeah. had something like try so yeah. try, it would change the meaning, wouldn't it? If you use the infinitive or the gerunds. So it's like try to be on time, which is make an effort to be on time or try doing yoga. Do I think the ING one is when you're like correcting a mistake, isn't it? You're doing something wrongly. I can't sleep at night. Well, try drinking chamomile tea. My computer's not working. Well, try turning it off and turning it on again. That's try with the ING He's trying to correct a problem, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I suppose the yoga one was was more about try it to see if you like it. But yeah, certainly yeah. most of the time your example is very true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Can you think of any other words that would be different if you use the gerund or the infinitive? I know the classic one is stop because that has a different meaning if it's ing or infinitive. And there's also a like. Maybe I'll give you an example of stop if I make because this is a classic one comes up all the time in the class like uh, stop smoking and stop to smoke difference is stop plus verb plus ing is one action okay i stopped talking didn't talk anymore i stopped smoking which means i gave up smoking okay it was bad for me so i stopped smoking but when you stop plus infinitive it's two actions so i stopped to smoke means i was walking on the road and i stopped in order to smoke i stopped and then i did something else I stopped to smoke a cigarette to open the door. So that's two actions. That's an important difference, isn't it, really? I mean, I think that's curious how it is so different. It can be the, the opposite as well. Like I, I stopped speaking to John when he insulted my podcast. And I stopped to speak to John when I bumped into him in Trafalgar Square. Ah, oh, John, what are you doing in Trafalgar Square? 
my podcast is better than yours so yeah i'll I'll insult it all i like (laughs) of course they're very good examples and i thought of one to do with remember remember to phone him Mm -hmm. so it means don't forget to do it and i remember meeting him years ago which would mean having a memory of something Yeah, yeah a good point there are those few aren't they and then i think what i normally do with students is i say to them it's better to learn the verbs that exclusively take the gerund form the ing form there's normally about 20 very common ones if you expand it a bit further there's maybe 60 or so verbs that you would use the gerund form if you're saying don't mind or hate or enjoy things like that therefore you would use it as the second verb the ing form yeah i avoid using the gerund do you no, because <laughs> that, that was a good example. Wasn't that it? Was, yeah, that was kind of a joke. I was playing into it. <laughs> that was I was quite proud of that one. That was a very good joke. I'm a bit yeah. slow. I'm sorry. But also, I think it's an important point to talk about the fact that it's not always about being a continuous idea either. I mean, I think a lot of learners would associate the ing form with the present continuous or the past continuous yeah. Yeah. or a continuous form. But when we use the ing form, it doesn't mean it's a continuous action of course okay. it can be for example we are doing a podcast in this case this is the present continuous but yeah. with all the examples we've given none of them were a continuous form were they no you're right so these are the future don't we in english it's the one of those common ways to talk about the future with present continuous that's very true and people don't usually do that do they i think a lot of people would use will but Native speakers typically would use, for example, I'm meeting my friend tomorrow. Absolutely. I find that's one of the most common mistakes, the overuse of will. Oh, the future in English is easy. You just use will. Well, we don't actually use it like that. So if you've got a ticket or an appointment, you're more likely to use a present continuous, aren't you? I'm flying to Barcelona tomorrow. I'm meeting John tomorrow in Trafalgar Square. Exactly, because it's more of a fixed idea, isn't it? It's definitely happening as an arrangement, whereas maybe we would use will more of an idea of emphasis. So I will meet you tomorrow, saying I'll definitely do it. Maybe if it's a promise, I will do my homework, I promise. That's true. Can I mention one more word which we may have overlooked? That's like, because I think it's very important. That can be infinitive or ing and i find my students have lots of difficulty using difficulty put ing after difficulty as well isn't it getting that correctly when to use like plus ing when to use like plus infinitive and the rules are quite strange i've got all the gram in my head john if you want me to continue i can continue yeah i think you should because i'm not 100 percent sure about this one sometimes it's the same I like traveling, I like to travel. There's not really much difference between that. I like reading, I like to read. There's no difference, really. But sometimes the infinitive means doing the thing and the ing means enjoying the thing. So in most cases, not a difference. But when you think of to box, for example, or to ski, there is a difference. I like to ski. It means you're actually doing the skiing rather than watching it. I like to box. I mean, you actually go out and punch people. I like boxing could be either. You say I like to box, it means you actually participate in that sport. But there's more, John, because like 
can be different in other ways when it's followed by an infinitive or when it's followed by ing, a verb with ing. Let me give you an example of the infinitive, where you must use infinitive, and that's when you're talking about something which suits your behavior, okay, which is good for you. So, for example, I like to see the dentist every six months, or I like to go to bed before 11 o'clock these days. That doesn't mean you enjoy seeing the dentist. It means it's suitable for me. It's right for me. So then you use like plus infinitive. You agree with that? I agree with that because I think nobody really enjoys seeing the dentist, do they? So I think that's a good example to give. Someone's going to write a comment in saying, oh, yeah, I enjoy the dentist. Somebody might do. The other point is where you must use ing after like and the verb. And that is when you're talking about states. Okay, not United States. I mean, the, your state of being. So, for example, I like being a teacher. You can't say I like to be a teacher. I've got gray hair, but I like having gray hair. It's okay. I like having gray hair. I like being a man. So those kind of things, when it's a state of what you are and you want to express that, then use like with ing. I think you have enlightened everybody. You've given a good explanation of that. The other one that I thought of is need. For example, you could say my car needs cleaning. Yeah. So that's kind of more of passive form, isn't it, in a sense? Yeah. yeah. But we use the ING form with that. Yeah. It means like it's required to be done. Yeah. My hair needs cutting, for example. Exactly. Your podcast needs editing. Yeah. That's a good example. I like Does that. It, in these cases, you don't say who's going to do the thing. You just say what's required. Yeah. If you would like to hear more of Gideon's lovely voice on his own podcast about curious and interesting things about the English language, it's Zeitgeist Banana. Just search for Zeitgeist Banana where you get your podcasts. You will find some wonderful and interesting stories with more of me, too. Should we move on to infinitives? So infinitives okay. with two, the idea is that typically you'd have an infinitive with two after adjectives. Mm-hmm. For example, my flat is easy to find. Oh, yeah. That's true, yeah. How else would you have it? I don't know, John. <laughs> <laughs> like you Call yourself a teacher. <laughs> so you to, to express a reason or a purpose. Oh, so yes, yes. That's right. The, the infinitive of purpose. I have come across that one. I read it in, in a book somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Ages ago. This will be a good refresher for your English lessons. So <laughs> basically, he's saving money to buy a new house. So I think a common mistake I get is people saying for to buy or something like that. You've probably heard that a lot as well yourself. Definitely. I mean, I think... Certainly, Italian speakers would make that mistake. And I guess in the English language, we don't use for before a verb, do we? We would always use a to in this case. I guess often if you're talking about a reason or a purpose and you're trying to put for before the verb, it's not correct, is it? Correct. It's not correct. Because I think also the French might do that as well and Spanish, Latin languages. Yes. You've got typical verbs again as we said earlier it's more about focusing on the gerunds on the ing forms Mm -hmm. to learn because most of the ones that aren't ing form would be an offensive but you've got things like obviously want decide learn things like that i think another important thing to note as well is when you have a negative on the second verb 
a lot of people would potentially say, try don't make a noise or don't to make a noise. In this case, the correct way of saying it would be try not to make a noise, wouldn't it? Uh, that's true. That's a good point about the negative. And that would be true as well with the ing form, wouldn't it? If you do have the negative on the second verb, make sure you use not instead of don't. Exactly. Hear that mistake a lot. Can I ask you your opinion on something? By all it's not so clear grammatically, but would you say something like, I'm enjoying drinking my coffee? I would. I'd be happy to say that. I know it's grammatically correct, but some people don't like it for sort of stylistic reasons, putting two INGs together. What about you? I mean, I'm quite fine with that. I think that that works. But how do you feel about that? <laughs> At the moment, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's okay. But maybe, I don't know if I'm writing, maybe I'll think about how it sounds. Maybe rephrase it. But certainly grammatically, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I suppose in terms of writing, maybe you think about a variation on it, wouldn't you? Because in writing, perhaps it's a bit different, isn't it? The way it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose also as well, we, we have to mention a few things which don't have the two, an infinitive without two. So for example, most modal verbs and auxiliary verbs, I can't drive, we must mm -hmm. hurry, can be a quite a common mistake, can't it? I can't. That's a common mistake, yeah. And then also with make and let as well. My parents didn't let me go out late at night when I was young. Gideon always makes me laugh. Okay, yeah, that's true. When you think about it, as you're talking about that now, I'm thinking of, there are a few exceptions. So for modal verbs, I'm thinking about ought. Mm -hmm. That's an exception, isn't it? Modal verbs are followed by an infinitive without two, but ought is a semi-modal verb and does have two. I ought to go, I ought to do my homework. That's another one, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And I guess ought is probably a slightly stronger form of should, isn't it, in a way? It seems as if it has more authority. Yeah. Maybe your teacher would say you ought to do your homework rather yeah. than you should do your homework. Should is more of a suggestion, isn't it? Whereas mm -hmm. ought seems stronger. Mm. I think we've pretty much covered everything there, though, haven't we? I think so. I think what we're going to do in that case is we're going to move on to a bit of a quiz for the listeners. This is a quiz, obviously, on what we've been talking about, the ING form and the infinitive. We'll see if you can get the correct answers. Let's go for it, then. Are you uh, ready, Gideon? I'm ready. Excellent. So I'll start off. Question number one. I miss space in London. I miss live in London. I miss living in London. Or I miss to live in London. And the correct answer is? Living. Yeah, that's right. Miss so I miss living, living in, London. in London. The French would say, London misses me. I <laughs> <laughs> always get miss wrongly oh, on that one. But uh, that's another story. Indeed. I enjoyed, base, them again. I enjoyed see them again. I enjoyed seeing them again. I enjoyed to see them again. Okay. Yeah. So this one would be, I enjoyed seeing them again. Because we're using enjoy, you would use the ing form afterwards. Mm -hmm. The next one, he avoided space, then do it because he wanted to get home early. He avoided help, then do it because he wanted to get home early. He avoided helping, them do it because he wanted to get home early. Or he avoided to help them do it because he wanted to get home early. And the answer is helping. He avoided helping because... Avoid is followed by an ing. 
Gerund. That's correct. Well done. Okay, thank you. Next one. I promised space. It by Friday. I promised do it by Friday. I promised doing it. I promised to do it by Friday. This one would be I promised to do it by Friday. With promise, you would always use the infinitive form. Yeah. The next one. She expected space the job. So she expected get the job. She expected getting the job or she expected to get the job. She expected to get the job. Expect mm. followed by infinitive. Because she's good at what she does. The next one. Would you like space? Would you like come? Would you like coming? Would you like to come? And the answer is. Would you like to come? Would you like to come on my podcast next time? Mm-hmm. If you're inviting, I'll be there. Excellent. If you're not having a siesta. <laughs> the next one, they don't tolerate any space about their decisions. So they don't tolerate any argue about their decisions. They don't tolerate any arguing about their decisions or they don't tolerate any to argue about their decisions. And the answer is they don't tolerate any arguing about their decisions. Is it the case that after any, you're always put ing? I'm just trying to thinking uh, top of my head. Is it always followed by ing, any? That's a good question. I probably would have said so. Is it considered kind of a preposition in this case? Yeah. Not really sure. I mean, I would have said so, yes. Okay, that's good. The next one? She taught me space it. She taught me do it. She taught me doing it. She taught me to do it. And the answer is? She taught me to do it. Mm. In this case, teach, you would use the infinitive form. Yeah, just like want and encourage, those type of verbs. Definitely. The next one, I don't feel like space it. So I don't feel like do it. I don't feel like doing it. Or I don't feel like to do it. I don't feel like doing it, John. Well, I'll give you a cake at the end of the podcast. A Jaffa cake? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How can I resist? <laughs> it's a good incentive, right? Yes. Feel like is followed by ing. Yeah, that's right. Do you mind space it with you? Do you mind take it with you? Do you mind taking it with you? Do you mind to take it with you? The answer is. Do you mind taking it with you? Yeah. So this is an important one. I think, yeah, with mind, you would always use the ing form. I don't mind taking Jaffa cakes with me as long as I can eat them. Exactly. Yeah. That's good to remember. Yeah. Do you mind, feel like all those things followed by the ing? Yes, indeed. I hope that's clear for all the listeners. I think the ing form and the infinitives are always very interesting. But I think also as well, the more you practice them, the more you can kind of get an ear for it, can't you? Rather than necessarily remember all of the rules. I think you make a good point. It's good to know the rules, but at the end of the day, if you practice it all the time, then you'll get a feel for it. And that's a good way of learning it, best way of learning it. But know the rules, that's important too. Definitely. It gives you a foundation. It certainly does, doesn't it? I'm hoping that has made things a bit clearer for everyone. I think we'll finish off now, Gideon. Was there anything that you wanted to add at all about possible promotional details, perhaps? I could tell your delightful listeners to listen to my podcast, Zeitgeist Banana. 
It's a beautiful podcast, and if you listen soon, you could be the 10 millionth listener. So The 10 millionth? Wow. Be optimistic there. <laughs> but do it soon. We've got some wonderfully interesting podcasts on different subjects on the English language. For example, the last one we did with John, with the delightful John, was on spelling and the English language. So do listen to that. And while I'm here, I'll also plug the YouTube channel, Let Them Talk TV, lots of grammar videos and vocabulary videos and pronunciation videos. Sometimes I watch that just in case I forget some grammar points. It, good, it's very useful. Good idea. And also as well, I, I wanted to make an announcement that I have just passed 6,000 downloads of English with Monty, which I think is quite wow. impressive Yeah, well, within the space of about six months. I think we're doing quite well there. As well, I think we should both point out is that we're both independent companies. We're not owned by Google or anything like that. And we spend our own time editing the podcasts ourselves. Normally, it takes around about four to six hours to do the whole process. And I don't know if you're planning to do this, Gideon, but I've put a donate button on my website now. And I'm suggesting that listeners either donate £2.50, which is the equivalent of coffee, or £5, which is the equivalent of a beer in London prices, just to get me through the editing process. I don't pay myself to do it at all. It makes it more joyful if I am able to sip on a coffee or a beer at the same time. Buy John a coffee. Good idea. Or a beer. <laughs> or a coffee and a beer. Or a coffee and a beer, yes. Yeah. If you do want to do that, if you go to montyenglish.co.uk forward slash podcast and it would be much appreciated thanks very much for joining us today and you've been listening to english with monty